Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Sunday service that's dedicated to the spirit of Christ consciousness and the season of Christmas. We're so glad you could be with us, and we hope you will also take part of all the wonderful offerings that Ananda is streaming for you during this Christmas season. Tonight, there'll be a wonderful concert that you can find the link if you go to ananda.org at 6 o'clock. And then we also want to invite you to enjoy to join Jyotish and me for the Christmas meditation on Wednesday, December 23rd. This will be live streaming from 8 in the morning till 4 in the evening, in the afternoon. And this was a tradition that Master started uh, with his disciples and which we've carried on throughout the history of Ananda. So even if you can't come the whole time, try see if you can join for a part of it. It will bring blessings to you during this Christmas season. So our reading this week is a beautiful one. What was the star of Bethlehem? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Divine vision is the opposite of worldly sight. Divine vision sees God's presence behind all outward appearances. Worldly sight sees appearances merely coating even the blazing wisdom of a saint. A master to the worldly man is a human being with perhaps a slightly better attitude than the norm. The scriptures, therefore, strive to demonstrate how the divine consciousness, when openly active among men in the lives of great masters, must never be viewed as an expression of ordinary human consciousness. To seek the presence of divinity behind the life of a great master is to prepare oneself to recognize that same divinity also in lower manifestations until at last one beholds God everywhere. Thus it was that Paramahansa Yogananda on observing his new disciple, Swami Kriyananda's, struggling with the contrast between the guru's human appearance and his inner divine reality, looked at him deeply one day and said, If you only knew my consciousness. The story of the birth of Jesus Christ contains an account in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 2, of the star of Bethlehem. The wise men who sought Jesus in his manger said, We have seen his star in the east, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. This account was important, for it showed all mankind that Jesus was a divine incarnation and no ordinary man, 
that he brought divine consciousness to earth, even though he would play a human role among human beings, and that others too, by receiving him in their hearts, would would acquire power, as the Bible puts it, to become the sons of God. The scriptures enjoin us to meditate on the lives of great souls that we may discover our own latent spiritual greatness. As the Bhagavad Gita puts it in the fourth chapter, who knows the truth touching my births on earth and my divine work when he quits the flesh, puts on its load no more, falls no more down to earthly birth. To me he comes, dear Prince. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. friends. Beautiful time of the year. I want to begin with a brief reading from Whispers from Eternity. These are prayer demands by Paramahansa Yogananda. This is, keep my spiritual eye open forever. O spiritual eye, once opened, remain always open before me that I may avoid every pitfall in my path and be led to the highway that leads to thy palace of peace. Give me answers to my every problem. That's the call to the intuitive aspect of the spiritual eye. I wanted to read, I want to talk this morning about the two aspects of this story. One is the human drama that we have heard and read and has been called the greatest story ever told. And the other is the spiritual reality that lies behind that. But I thought it would be interesting to read from St. Matthew. It's quite short um, what they have uh, written. And this is all that's written in the Bible about the, uh, the three wise men. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the hand of Judea, are not the least among the princes of Judea, For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule over my my people Israel. Then Herod 
when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And so he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over the young where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warmed of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And that's the end of the story as far as the outward aspect of it. So that's the historical account. I find it helpful, in fact, almost for me necessary, to get a picture when something is described. I like to know what it looks like a little more clearly. And so, first of all, let's talk about uh, Mary and the birth of Jesus. Now, Mary and Joseph lived in Nazareth, which is north of uh, Bethlehem. By Well, first of all, Jerusalem and Bethlehem are very close to each other, five miles away. Uh, Jerusalem was large in those days by, by those standards probably between 80,000 and 100,000 people lived there. Jerusalem, Bethlehem was a little village five miles away, very small, and probably the best estimates say that maybe 300 people lived there. So that's the size of Ananda village, you know, probably more compact, but uh, population-wise, the size of Ananda village. and. As St. Luke said, a decree went out from Rome by Augustus, Caesar, to, that everybody had to travel to the place of their ancestors to be registered for taxation. And so Mary and Joseph were living in Nazareth, but uh, their ancestors had come from Bethlehem. So they had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. That's a journey of about 90 miles by the route, the, by foot that they had to travel. So imagine being nine months pregnant and having to ride 90 miles on a donkey, arriving at a little village the size of Ananda village. And at that time, because everybody had streamed there, every place was taken. All the inns, all the housing was already full. Think. Uh, I don't know, Ananda's 50th anniversary, when everybody came here and everything was full, and all of a sudden you arrive, you're pregnant, and you say, I need housing. Well, it, it wasn't like they were cold-hearted. They just had, had no place, so they were offered um, this stall, this manger for her, 
and that's where the Christ child was born. So now let's shift a moment to the wise men. So for them to arrive at the time of the birth, Master said that the wise men came from the, well, the Bible says they came from the east. Master said that they were Babaji, Lahiri, and Sri Yukteswar. Now, we don't know exactly where they came from, but let's assume they came from India. If that's true, that's a journey of about 2,500 miles from Delhi to India. But, you know, so somewhere around there. Now, that is not a journey that you do overnight, uh, unless they bilocated, which it doesn't say. Um, they had to have started months in advance of when that um, birth was going to take place. And they would have left behind their home, their province, their possessions, and undertaken this arduous journey in order to come following the star, which, as I will get to in a moment, but, but represents the intuition of the spiritual eye. So they were following their light, inner light, and the intuition, and it led them to Jerusalem, where they announced you know, their quest to Herod, and then on to Bethlehem in order to um, worship before the birth of the new avatar, the baby Jesus. And knowing the way of the world, they, as it says in the Bible, they didn't go back and talk with Herod, they departed by another uh, route. Well, worldly power does not surrender itself easily, as we're seeing in these present times. And so Herod, hearing that the king of Israel had been born, was greatly threatened by that. And he called together his scribes and said, where did this take place? And they did the research and said, in Bethlehem. And so the wise men, the three great sages uh, go off. They worship the Christ child and then they depart. And we know that the result very quickly is that Herod, being greatly threatened, uh, ordered the slaughter of all children under two years of age in, in that area. So, this is a dramatic story, of course. It's remarkably similar to the story of Krishna. Uh, very, very parallel, where it, he would too was a threat to the king and uh, tried to uh, kill him off and so on. So, but what we have, I want to now shift from the outer story to the inner story. So what we have, is beautiful, beautiful symbols here. <clears throat> First of all, let's look at the symbols. The star and the light is the light of the spiritual eye, where this is the east of the body. This is north, east, west, and south at the base of the spine. That's the orientation of our 
of our uh, body as we, uh, from the inner energies. So the star here is the light of the spiritual eye. And Master, in fact, said that the sun is the symbol of the spiritual eye, not the spiritual eye, the symbol of the sun. <clears throat> I find it very interesting that the teachings talk about the spiritual aspect as being the reality and the outer aspect as being mere symbolic, symbolic a representation of that reality. And so the story of Jesus is a symbolic representation of the birth of Christ consciousness within, which will take place at the, first of all, uh, we have to travel facing that, that spiritual eye, facing the light, being led by the light, and then the actual birth of Christ consciousness takes place as we uh, traverse through that uh, area here and through the spiritual eye. Master said that we cannot achieve Christ consciousness without um, essentially exiting the consciousness of the body. So let's look at the journey of the three wise men. They had to leave behind everything. They had to make an arduous journey and finally guided by the intuition and the light at the spiritual eye, they arrived at the Christ consciousness. We too have to do the same thing. We have to leave behind that which is familiar, the country in which we, um, in which we live, the familiar surroundings. We have to leave behind our possessions. We have to leave behind all attachments not knowing whether we'll be able to return or not, we have to allow, let go of all of that, and we have to make an arduous journey. Arduous in the outer sense, not necessarily in the inner sense. As we do that, what that really represents is the withdrawal of energy, leaving behind the familiar, leaving behind possessions. That's where our energy, our life force, our attachments, our desires are located now. We have to drop that, leave it behind. And then we make a journey, an inward journey, really with our life force and our consciousness. And so that long journey is, represents the movement of energy from the base of the spine up to the medulla. And the medulla is, as Master said, the seat of the ego. So that represents Jerusalem, the negative pole of the medulla. The, that represents the seat of the ego. Now the ego is incredibly threatened by the fact that there is a spiritual um, birth taking place within us. And he may pretend, the ego may pretend, oh, tell me all about it. Let me go and worship the birth of uh, spirituality within you. But the ego is threatened. The whole war of the Mahabharata is that a spiritual presence comes 
and the worldly power, king material desire, says, I will not seed so much as can be covered by a single straw to you. And so Herod, no matter what he says, the ego, he represents the egoic power. No matter what he says, he's not going to seed anything to this potential new king of Israel. What that represents, king of Israel, is consciousness. And is this spiritual aspect going to lead the thought citizens of our mind? Or is the egoic material desire going to lead the thought citizens? That's, that's the eternal drama, the eternal quest, as Master put it. And so we, too, like those three wise men, honestly, what we have to do is we have to become the fourth wise man. Each of us, each of us must do that. We have to go within. We have to leave behind that which we're attached to, that which seems familiar, and we have to make the journey inwardly. And we come and we're going to find resistance at the power of the egoic, the egoic negative pole of, of the chakra located at the medulla. It's interesting, isn't it, that that journey from Jerusalem to Bethlehem is only five miles. I hadn't realized that before, but it's basically they're, they're one place. Well, that's the same that's true uh, physiologically and spiritually of the chakra, that the seat at the medulla represents the ego seated there, represents the negative pole. The positive pole is Christ consciousness. And the light that we see is the energy coming up and actually projected through, through that Agya Chakra. So it's, it's fascinating to see that there's an outer reality that is symbolic, even in a kind of spatial sense of the inner reality. But for us, being devotees, being the fourth wise man, at this time in our lives, in our search, we have indeed arrived at Jerusalem. We have arrived at the court of the worldly power. We have arrived at the seat of Herod, who wants to hold on, who wants to keep control over our consciousness. And our job is to follow the light and make that short journey that can be done very quickly once we leave the any desire. Of course, the three wise men being who they were didn't represent desires. But our consciousness is still locked into a little conflict because we both want enlightenment and we don't want to leave behind the world and all that it represents from past lives and, and attachments and desires. So we have that little conflict, but our job is to make that journey 
and make it finally until we worship at the Christ child, which really means passing through the light of the spiritual eye into Christ consciousness. As we heard in the affirmation, what happens then is not that we lose anything, we gain eternal bliss, total love, and all the qualities of God. Master said that when we pass through and into the Christ consciousness, we experience ourselves as every living thing in the world, in the whole created cosmos. Now, it's not only that. We don't experience just the atomic structure and the form. We experience, he said, all the emotions, all of the thoughts, all of the everything. It's all consciousness. And when we are one with Christ consciousness, we experience everything there is to experience in the created world, in creation. And in that is great bliss, great love, and all of the qualities of God. Having once done that, once experienced that, and able to hold on to that, then a very few choose like Jesus did. Once completely free, all karma is gone, all attachments are gone, and his consciousness is one and eternal with that cosmic consciousness. He chooses to be born in the body of a little baby in a little town about as big as Ananda village and to sacrifice his life in order to help us achieve what he has achieved. Indeed, in an outer way, it's a beautiful story, but in an inner sense, it is the essence of why we were created. And this Two days from now, as we have the long meditation on the 23rd, let's try to make that journey, finally make that journey. Master said to meditate very deeply on Jesus and to try to draw his presence, to visualize him, to draw his presence, his grace and his blessings. And he will help us. That's why he was born. So during the Christmas meditation, to meditate on him and try to have him manifest within us. And he will help us make those last few miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, from the negative pole of the... Um, highest chakra to the positive pole and to go from egoic consciousness into the light of Christ consciousness. Let's make a deep, sincere, complete self-offering during that meditation, especially in the long Christmas meditation, but actually in every meditation. 
And as we do that, the great ones will guide and help us. And the light that we see at the forehead will open, become clearer and brighter until it leads us ultimately to our final realization. God bless you. The Christ child's asleep, the silence is so deep that round about with hope in their eyes. The animals await, their breathing they abate, they know their time has come to
time has come.